Alright, I want to start a series, uh, I don't know, I just thought to share this with us, but let's pray. Father, we ask and we say there is illumination, the eyes of our understanding is enlightening, there is no confusion in this atmosphere, everyone can be you as we see ourselves in you, your name alone is glorified as we are edified, Amen. 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 Alright, I don't know what to title this yet. Um, you can call it the supernatural life. You can call it the believer and the and the supernatural. You can call it uh, the supernatural walk. You can call it uh, which other anyone. Just we'll figure out the title. John three. Let's go. John three. I want to try and finish because I have a couple of things to do. We have a couple of things to learn today. John three. Amen. 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 You know, uh, I've always told us that when we come for church meetings like this, it's time to receive. It's time to, to, um, to as as it were, it's time to, to, to get better. And church meetings are meetings that helps you get more better and more strengthened as a Christian. So, as a believer. You cannot, the Bible says in Hebrews 8 or Hebrews 10, sorry, it says, forsaking not the assemblies of the brethren. So the brethren, the, the assembly of the brethren matters a little. It says, as the manner of some is. So that means the assemblies of the brethren is very important to the believer. So as a believer, we must always always and always remember the fellowship of the believers. We'll, call, we'll talk about that as the series progresses. Um, I was just somewhere, as I, as I got to where I was in, on Friday, I, I, I wanted to share something else with you guys this Sunday, but as I just got there, I just, it was just like, okay, change your entire sermon. So I just picked up my notes. I started penning this down on Friday, and that's unlike me. I sh I'm always very ready for things like this um, before now. But I believe there's something the Lord wants us to learn in this season as touching the supernatural. So we, we need to pay attention as touching the flow of the Spirit, as touching uh, how to demonstrate more the things of the Spirit. So I believe there is so much um, the Lord will have us to learn this season. Look at John 3. It says, There was a man uh, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, where's Aaron? Rabbi? Oh, okay. Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. It says, we, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For thou, for no man can do this miracle that thou doest, except God be with him. Vestiri, he now says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he says, except the man be born again. Now, this is a conversation that Jesus and a man called Nicodemus were having. And he was asking a nice question. Should I go back to my mother's womb? And that's logical, right? Should I go back to my mother's womb and be born again afresh? And Jesus said, no. Except the man be born again. 
Now, that word again, we have the tendency to think it is repeated. It's just like saying, um, I am coming, um, I'm writing my notes again. You know, when we say we're writing my notes again, it means I'm doing it twice, right? I'm doing it the second time. Now, the word again is not as English as you think. Like I told you, English is just a very new language. It's just about, it's not up to even a thousand years yet. So it is, uh, uh, we've said this, if you listen to our message on, the, on, on born again, you, you, you will learn um, what this means. And it's, the word again here is from the Greek word anothen, and it just simply means above, born from above, born anew, born afresh, born, um, born anew so and it's it's not repeated as it thinks as as you think it now says he cannot see the kingdom of god now the kingdom of god many of us we still think i mean before you go born again or before you came into the light of the gospel you used to think that the kingdom of heaven is somewhere you will go to when you die that's not true it is somewhere you are in right now Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God doesn't mean where you go to when you die. But now look at the conversation. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He now says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel now that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He now says, the wind bloweth where it listed, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it cometh, or whether it goeth. So it's everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, look at something very key there. Very key. In verse 5. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Now, let's follow the conversation from verse 5 to verse 8. You will find out that from verse 5 to verse 8, the word water was used just once. Right? So, if there's supposed to be an emphasis in a conversation, the emphasis will not have been on the water. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, in the proper English language. So now he says, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He now says, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now look at what he now says in verse 6. If there was supposed to be water to be emphasized, look at what he says in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So he's, he's emphasizing spirit again. In verse 7, he now says, Marvel not I said, ye must be born again. In verse 8, he now said, the wind blew it well, he said, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh from and where it goeth. So it's everyone that is born of the Spirit. Did he use water now? Yes, no. So he was emphasizing born of what? The Spirit. And where he said born again means born from above, born afresh, born anew. So something changed in the conversation. Jesus used born again, born of the Spirit. And we can call it so. So the water cannot be physical. So the water that Jesus was talking about in that verse four, verse five, where he says, "Either is born of the water, either is born of water and of the spirit." That cannot be physical because it's simply figurative. 
Because the statement is not about water baptism. If I thought there is even a water baptism, we can't use this text. Are you getting what I'm saying? We will use other texts. Because the emphasis on this text is the Spirit. So water and the spirit are synonymous in this conversation because he used the word and. Now, and doesn't necessarily also mean that is joint because we, we also have to step up our study. Are you getting what I'm saying? I know I taught you, I say and simply means that is in the Cairo, in the Greek word Cairo, that is and we'll step up our study. It doesn't always necessarily mean that, but we'll get to that point. Are you getting what I'm saying? We'll get to that point later. So now, water and the Spirit are synonymous. So, born of the Spirit has an emphasis of water. Now, he has an emphasis of water in this place. So, he now says, either is born. So now, if we're to be born of water, then that would mean that everyone born again has to go back. Or before you are even born again at all. Before you, you know, these days now, you first get born again, then you will now go and do water baptism, then that will now proof, show the seal of your salvation. Now, if it is really born of the water, you have to first do the baptism first. I don't know if you have thought about it. You have to first dip yourself first. Then when you now come out of the water, you now say, now I am born of water. <laughs> I don't know if you have thought about it before. But many a times, I remember when we, when we did, um, when I did my own baptism many years ago, uh, so they, they, so me, I was already filled with the Holy Ghost. I was already talking with tongues then and all of those things. So they now told us that now the spirit is real now. So now you can talk it. So I was now wondering. So and I stood. So where they were getting everybody filled and all of those things. So and I stood. Me, I was talking it. They now came to meet me. Are you? Is it that you just spoke now? I said, no, I've been speaking for some years now. They looked at me like, <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> now, so now, look at it in chapter 4. There's, some, there's a conversation in chapter 4. I want to show us that water very well. Look at it. Because when you read the scriptures, right, you don't read, see, when you read it, the scriptures, you don't read a text or a chapter and put your conversation there. If I had time now, I will walk you through everywhere water was used in the book of john so that we can follow the trend carefully it's just like if you have a physics textbook or those of you that do science when they say um a chemical was used in chapter one right sometimes the explanation will vary again in chapter two right but they will now give you a box description that this is the new meaning in this chapter two but the bible is not really like that the Bible has to be studied carefully. So now, let's look at another conversation in chapter 4. Look at chapter 4. He used water there again. See, he says in verse 6, he says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus journeyed weary, and his journey, and he sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. In verse 7, now says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Now, he was talking about water again. Disciples have gone to go to meet and all of those things. Look at verse 10 very carefully. In chapter 4, John 4 verse 10, very carefully. Jesus answered and said unto them, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have given, have asked him, and would have given thee living water. So Jesus said, thou would have given him what? Living water. Now watch carefully. Look at verse 11. The woman said unto her, Sir, 
thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. For whence then thou for whence as thou living water? You know, Jesus did not just say water. Jesus is emphasizing something. He says living water. Now look at it in verse 12. Had thou greater than our fathers Jacob, which give us this well, and drank Jehov and his children and his cattle, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Now, Jesus was now referring to the physical water. He says, if you drink of this one, you will thirst again. That is, you will always get thirsty, right? I mean, if you drink um, normal water, you still get thirsty afterwards. Now, look at what he now says in verse 14. He now says, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, what will happen? He shall never thirst, but that water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? So now, if he now says, he that is born of water, are you getting the conversation now? Because you must study everything in context. So now, when he says in John 3 now that, he that is born of the water and of the spirit. Now, you can understand the real water from chapter 4. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you, are you seeing this now? Now, look at in chapter 10. I want to show you something. So, the water in chapter 3 now, can we say it's physical? No, sir. no we can say yes, it's physical. It was describing a physical water. Chapter 3, oh, chapter 3 is not physical. Chapter 4 is physical, but it was explaining something else does it make sense yes. all right cool now look at look at um, chapter 10 john 10 john 10 verse 14 so jesus used water and life together look at john 10 verse 14 uh john 10 he now says i am the good shepherd and know my sheep and i'm known of them no that's not that's not what i'm looking for uh that's not what i'm looking for look at it it's verse 25 let's look at verse 25 He says, Jesus answered and said, I said, you have believed in me. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for that text. I'm looking for something else. Give me a second. Alright, look at it in verse 40 now. Sorry. Look at it in verse 40. And they went away beyond Jordan to the place where John first baptized. And many resorted unto him that John did no miracle and all the things that John spoke and all of those things. Now, they used the word baptism. So now, there was now an emphasis in verse 10 on baptism. Are you seeing that now? There was an emphasis on baptism. Now, later on, you will now find in the scriptures, I think that's in John 7, it now says, out of my belly shall flow, look at it, John 7 verse 38. Look at John 7 verse 38. John 7 verse 38. So there was now an emphasis in John 10 on baptized. So now, and baptized will be done with what? Water, Water right? Now, so that's physical. Are you seeing this, guys? Are you following me? So we have, let's, let's, let, me, let me backtrack now a bit. We have seen in John 3, born of the water and born of the spirit, right? Now, and we said born of the water is not physical, right? 
Now, when I would look at John 4, Jesus having a conversation with a woman, and he was talking about a physical water, but that physical water, he was using it to describe something figurative. And he was explaining living water, which will spring up into everlasting life. Are you getting it now? And that took you to chapter 10, where he baptized, and baptism will be done out by water. So, are you seeing the two different slants? Are you seeing it now? In chapter 7, look at chapter 7. Look at chapter 7. Let's start from verse 37. It says, In the last day, that's the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and what? What will he drink? <laughs> what will he drink physically? Okay, let's let's stick with that one. <laughs> let's stick with that. Let's stick with physical water for now. Look at verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of what? Okay, now see. A lot of people this text, in fact, we're going to address this text very soon. A lot of people have used this text too. To do so many things. Out of my belly, out of your belly. Brethren, out of your belly we flow rivers of liver. Is your belly right now? If I, if I touch your belly now, is there what is there rivers of living water there? Are you getting what I'm saying? No, check it, check your belly. Is there what is there is fat? I mean my own now. Like I say, <laughs> what is in my own belly is is fat. Or well, what is inside belly? Science student. Uh, what is a Doctors. Eh? Doctor, what's it? What's intestine? <laughs> Doctor too. What is this Isabel? <laughs> Organs. <laughs> now, look at what is happening. It's so the word belly there now. We not now. It's not your tummy that is referring to in the physical. It cannot have been. So are you seeing now that when you are studying the scriptures, you have to be paying attention. Now, because if you took that place, if you have taken that John 3 water as physical or as literal, you will also take John 7 out of your belly as literal. Are you seeing it? Guys, are you seeing it? Now, why are you guys cool today? Are you seeing it? <laughs> Alright. So now, out of your belly now will not be Tommy, physical tummy. Are you seeing that? It will not be physical tummy because the Bible is not written, like I've always told you. This, this text was not written originally in English. It was written in Greek. It's the translation that is giving us problem. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so belly is not tummy. It just simply means in the Greek, kolos in the Greek, the word belly, like I say, it's just, this is just an exhortational teaching. When we're doing doctrinal, I will, I will take my time. Now, this is kolos in the Greek. It simply means um, your innermost being, your, the art of something, like a major focus. So when he says, out of your belly, we can say, out of your innermost being, kolos in the Greek, out of your innermost being, out of the art of something, a major focus. So now, can we replace this belly? Now, let's see. Now, I want you to think, with all the knowledge you have known in Bible study, before I give you the answer, 
Let's think. What can we replace this belly as? Ah. We've already said the, I've said the most be now. What I'm saying, how from all your knowledge? <laughs> keep trying, keep trying. No. I'll gather all your knowledge, count through everything you've known in Bible study. What is it? Out of your innermost being. Now, wait to remember. Remember, look at the text again. Look at it again. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said. Now, which, who is the him? Who is the him? Jesus. <laughs> why, why are you guys scared this morning? I'm not giving you tests. This is not a test. This is not an exam. <laughs> now, the major focus of 38 is Jesus, right? So now, he that believeth on Jesus, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, who is the is? Jesus' Jesus's belly now. Will flow rivers of living water now. So what is Jesus' belly? Jesus' innermost being is resurrection. We'll get there. <laughs> out of his resurrection now because the belly we can replace the belly as his resurrection that is something that took him is can we say something that took him his life to accomplish so now out of his resurrection will spring forth rivers of living water it is from his resurrection remember we already said water is spirit Guys, where did he say water is spirit in John 3? Right? Yes. Hey, God. Yes, where did he say water is spirit? Yes, he that is born of the water and of the spirit. That's an emphasis. So, Jesus was, so if Jesus was talking now, water and spirit was just saying, he that is born of the spirit, spirit. Are you seeing it? Now, in chapter 4, we also saw it. Rivers of living water. Springing up from an internal rivers of living water. Springing up into everlasting life. And an everlasting life is the spirit. Are you seeing it now? So now, out of his resurrection, in John 7, will, will burst forth. So the resurrection will burst forth rivers of living water. Now, what can we say that water is now? Ah, you, you are taking it too far. Eh? Everlasting life. Good. Can we say everlasting life is the spirit? Yes. Sir. <laughs> hey, all right. Let's let's start again. Praise God. <laughs> let's start again. Let's go back to John three. I don't want to leave anybody confused today. Let's go back again. John three. John three verse three. <laughs> uh, I thought you guys prayed this morning, right? So why is it that you guys are not getting it? <laughs> Alright, John 3 verse 3. Ah, we have a lot to do. This is the I've not even got into the to the bulk of my subject this morning. So, so let's 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 get started. I want to walk you through something. That's why. Look at John 3 verse 3. Let's start again. Verily, very let's say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Look at verse 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. So, he used water, he used spirit. Now, can this water be literal? 
it is figurative, right? Also. So he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He now says, but he that is born of the flesh is flesh. But he that is born of the spirit is spirit. Can we say, he that is also born of the water is water? Because the water is spirit. Can we say that? Yes, Alright. Now, marvel not, and I said, that ye must be born again. Look at the verse 8. The wind bloweth well, he said, and thou heareth the sound thereof. But thou cannot tell where thou comest, and whither it goeth. So it's everyone that is born of the spirit. So, can we say, that's born again. Remember I said, born again doesn't mean born twice. Right? It means another thing in the Greek. It just simply means born anew born afresh, born from above. Are you getting it? So, it's not as if anybody is get, getting birth, or giving, or you are giving birth to somebody twice, or you are returning back to your mother's home like Nicodemus said. Does it make sense? Alright, now, let's go back to John 4. John 4 will make sense. Look at John 4 verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink. You know, there was a conversation. Jesus was at a well in this John 4. So now, he seated, the woman is probably trying to fetch water. And Jesus was talking about using that water to describe something. Now, Jesus picked that literal water to describe something he wants to do. Something he wants to accomplish in his resurrection. Now, so we can say, this was a promissory note conversation he was telling the woman this is what i am going to do as touching my resurrection so the woman was asking her are you jacob look at what the woman was saying that look at the verse 12 are thou greater than our father jacob which gave us well and did that the drank therefore himself and the children and his cattle jesus now answered in verse 13 Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water now. So, Jesus will be pointing to the well, right? Yes, so, he says, Whosoever drinketh of this water will test again. In now, in verse 14, he now says, Whosoever drinketh of this water that I give him shall never what? Thirst again. So, now, what is that water that will make you not thirst again? The Spirit. Are you seeing it now? He now says, But the water which I shall give him, or the water which I shall give him, shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. Remember, we used to quote John 3.16 Whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have what? So can we say everlasting life is the spirit? Yes, sir. So can we, are you seeing the conversation from John 3? So are you seeing why you have to read the Bible in its own context? Is it making sense now? So you can't just pick now. So if you now pick John three verse sixteen now, the popular John three sixteen, whosoever believeth in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. You have to have had the conversation of so now you know the John three sixteen now. The conversation did not the everlasting life conversation did not end in John three sixteen. You also have to read on to John four to find out what the everlasting life is really saying. Are you seeing it now? So now, in John 4, now, Jesus is now saying, it will be a well springing up to everlasting life. Now, we now see in John, our pop, uh, the, the text we are in, John 7. In fact, look at in John 6. Let, let's, let's quickly check something in John 6. Let me show you something. Look at John 6 verse 35. I want to show you how conversations are being taught in the scriptures. Look at John 6 verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, 
I am the bread of life. He that cometh shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never what? Now, so you would have had to read John 3, John 4, John 6 now to understand that that test is meaning an everlasting life and the spirit. Am I, for, am I making sense? Yes, sir. Am I making sense? Yes, In fact, let me show you more. Let me show you more. Let me show you more. Look at John 2. You know, Jesus told them in John 2. He said they should turn water to wine. Guys, watch. They said, I'm going to explain this someday, but not now. In John 2, Jesus' mother came to Jesus and said, turn water to wine. What was Jesus' response? My time has not come, right? Can you say, now, what is this time? The resurrection. So there was already a conversation leading in the book of John. So when he was talking to his mother, I said, my time has not come. Mother, which one is your time has not come? But do you know that? Despite he said, my time has not come, he still did the miracle. But he was trying to make sense of something. That this is still not what I want to do with water. That this is not what I want to do with water. Then, John, eminotically now showed us in John 3, he that is born of water. So if you have not read John 2, water and wine, you will not understand John 3. Guys, so you will not understand John 4. You will not have understand John 5. You will not have understand John 6. John 6, and I say, I give you bread. Today, our own conversation is not on bread. We are still on drinking water. We will go to bread later. <laughs> Look at John 7. Now, let's go back to our John 7 now. If I make sense to you, let me see your hands. Okay, thank God. All right, now, cool. We are just about to. I'm still on my. I've, I've not started though. I'm still. <laughs> Look at the John 6 verse 7. He now says, In the last day at the great feast. Now, there was a feast again. So, can we say there was a feast in John 2, a feast again in John 7? John, uh, John, no, we're in John 7. John 7 verse 37. So, there's a feast in John 2, there's a feast in John 7. Again. So, now, feasts also, we'll study it, not now. <laughs> in the last day, the great, because a lot of people like reading Bible, like storybook. They just say, this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Shut up. You don't know it. Shut up. Let's, let's, let's already explain it to you. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. You just read this story. These are not stories. They are theologically explained about something. They did, the stories have an explanation. That is, it is called a didache, a mode of communication in the Greek. So that is why there was a sequence to the stories. Especially the book of John. The book of John must... A lot of people just read the book of John. No. There was seven miracles in the book of John. And it was eminotically explained. The last one, which is the eighth, will be the resurrection. So, there was no... The, the details of the scriptures were not written because they wanted to entertain us. Or they wanted to give us information. That's why even this same John told us, if we were to actually write everything that Jesus did, the book of the world will not contain us. That's to let you know that they were not trying to write stories for us. Yes, are we going to learn from the stories? Definitely. 
Because the Bible says the scriptures are written for our example. So that through faith and patience we may learn. So, are you seeing that water now doesn't really mean water in the book of John? Are you seeing that now? Now, look at, let's go back to our John 7, verse 37. It says, the feast. Now, why, is, why are they feasting always? In this book of John, they feasted a whole lot. We'll study it later, not today. Today, I'm not, you are making me teach. I'm not, I'm not planning to teach. I came to preach. <laughs> In this last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, you know, he was in the feast again. Same way Jesus' mother and he was in the marriage, he was in that marriage in, the, in Canaan, in that feast. Now, he was talking in the wedding. If you were in the wedding, he said, if anybody tests here, come to me. You think you'll be, that means you must be the barman there. And Jesus <laughs> wasn't the barman. Right? I mean, in the normal wedding, in the normal party. If anybody say, if you are testing, you'll come to this corner. Now, that's how Jesus was talking in those times. And they don't want this type of madman is this one, like, like this. Which one is come to me if you are testing? And he's no, there's no drink in his hand. He's not the one handling the drink. But look at it now. He said, in the last day and the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. <laughs> See? So he was just shouting, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures said. Now, when he says scriptures said, now we mean. Genesis to Malachi, right? Yes. All right, cool. Out of his belly. So we said, Kolos in the Greek, that the belly means out of his innermost being, out of the heart of something. So, would spring off, he said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of his living water. It's not your belly. Rivers of living water is not in your belly. <laughs> out of my belly. Out of my belly. I see a lot of people. It's good. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Teachings will always be like that in the body of Christ. Jesus will come. It's not our own is just to learn properly. Are you getting what I'm saying? Out of my belly, out of my belly. They'll say, bust it out from your belly. Bust it out, brethren. Bust it. <laughs> Let the gushers flow. Let the gushers flow. <laughs> we trust God for more light. Amen. <laughs> so now, so we have replaced the belly with resurrection, right? How many of you agree? How many of you agree? Or some of you don't even have a choice. You just say, whatever you say. <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> now, it says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, emphasis on rivers. It did not say river. When they say rivers now, it will mean a plural. That is, rivers Niger and rivers Benue. It did not say out of your beautiful river of living water. It's a rivers of living water. Now we'll study that also. So now we can see Jesus' center point, Jesus' core work, his womb for us is his resurrection. His room for us is his resurrection. So we don't use the word rivers except it is multiple. So the reason why it is called rivers is because it is for multitude. That is, out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. That is, multitudes. So the resurrection produces rivers. The resurrection produces rivers. And he was speaking of the Spirit. 
So now, Jesus is glorified. Now, that, look at in verse 39. It will make sense now. Look at verse 39. It will make sense now. Because a lot of people don't read 39. They just read 38. Look at verse 39. But this is spake of what? Guys, look at it. Really look at it. This is spake of what? Which they that believe on him should what? So now, the rivers of the living waters will mean the spirit you have received now. So can you say, I have received the spirit? Right? Because of Jesus' belly, Jesus' resurrection? Are you sure now? Okay, so let me explain the belly to you in case you are still doubting the belly. You know, Jonah, the Bible explained that Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Right? Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And the Bible explains to us in Matthew that the belly of the fish was significant to the resurrection of Jesus. That just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so is the Son of Man going to be that way. Are you seeing it now? So the belly, so that means if you want to look at the context of the word belly in the Bible, it is significant almost to the resurrection. Are you getting what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Does it make sense? All right, cool. So now, it says, This is speak of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Now, why was the Holy Ghost not yet given? Well, look at it. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus was not yet risen or risen from the dead. So the resurrection produces rivers. This is speak of the Spirit. So Jesus is glorified, and the Spirit is given. So now, Jesus has been glorified. Hallelujah. And the spirit has been given to us. So the rivers of living water will refer to, we refer now to everlasting life, right? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Now, remember we said the word again, born again, doesn't mean twice. It means anew, above. So something that is not from the head. So now we can say the work of the believer. Now, so I'm getting to my center point of my message now. So we can now therefore say, remember I said, I don't even know a title, we can call it supernatural life, the believer and the supernatural, uh, anyone, I still don't, I've not yet decided, we'll probably decide after the series is over. Now, so we can say that the work of the believer in the supernatural, so that means the believer now has a work in the supernatural. The believer has a work in the supernatural. Something that is not of this earth. Remember we said, a man who is born again is born from above. Right? Is born anew. Is born of what? The spirit. Is the spirit of this earth. Water is of this earth, right? But water is not figurative. But is the spirit of this earth. Yes, I'm not responding. Now, so that would mean now that... The man who is born again is as, sorry, the man who is born again now has a supernatural work. That means he is not born from this earth. He is born from above. He is born from the resurrection of Jesus. You and I now can safely say, if somebody asks you, where were you born? You know, you will say, I'm born, from, I'm born in 
Koshunti. That's where I was born. I was born in a church. Now, you can say, from my mother's womb, right? Now, because we are believers, we can also say, I am born from the Spirit. I am born. Can I say, I was born from His resurrection. Yes, sir. I was born from His belly. Yes, sir. Now, can we say, I am born from the Spirit. Yes, sir. In the Spirit, by the Spirit, and from the Spirit. Now, so the believer's work is supernatural. So we can change the supernatural to the spirit. How many of you agree? The supernatural, the spirit. So now, it, the believer also, I taught you this in, in the glory meeting, and I said the believer ought to have supernatural experiences. Supernatural experiences will mean he ought to operate in this world and not in this world. That is, you can see things not in this world. Things not with your optical eyes. Because you can have supernatural experiences. You know, the reason why we operate as humans and do things as humans is because we were born this way. That's why we say, those who are not human, who don't have the natural faculties of human beings and all of those things, what do we call them? We say aliens, right? Now, because they are not, we don't know whether they are, we don't know, we don't know whether they are born here or they are not born, whatever, we'll figure it out later. So, now, so, your experiences have to be built on knowledge. So, the believer's experience has to be built on knowledge. So, we can call the spirit life, right? Everlasting life, right? Can we call it that? Can we call it everlasting life? Okay, look at John, John, John 6. I'm still trying to get to my subject. I trust God. Oh, look at... Uh, let's see John... Uh, let's see John... I'm trying to look at where, where to show you. Look at John... Maybe let's look at John 4. Whosoever drinketh of this water that I give him shall never thirst. So that shows you have a satisfaction of the Spirit of God with you. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It says they shall never thirst. And the Word of God is true. I don't know about you, but I believe the Word of God. I don't doubt the Word. I don't. I don't. So, but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing forth into everlasting life. Now, I want to show you something also. I think in John 6, is it John 6? Now, look at John 6. Look at John 6 verse, let's start from verse 50. John 6 verse 50. It now says, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. It says, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. Ah, I remember uh, there's this fellowship me and favor used to attend some years ago. They used to use this song as a song. I am the living, I am the living bread, which came down, 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 down from heaven. If any man, if any man shall drink of this man, he shall live forever. It used to be one of my best songs. You'd not get it, don't worry. <laughs> I'm the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread which I give him, he says, is my flesh. Uh -uh. Guys, if you were in that Jesus' audience, wouldn't you say, brother, 
<laughs> What's doing you? You just finished telling us that spirit is water is your spirit. Now you're telling us that your bread, the bread is your flesh. <laughs> it says, if I give you this bread, it says, and this bread, you know, that's why a lot of people today that are eating bread, thinking they are eating the flesh. They will eat bread and drink um, um, grape juice. <laughs> they say they are drinking. They say the the this juice. The, I, do you notice that? Is that juice that used to be sweet the most? Because it's not it's not least enough. <laughs> and the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, each now you know the funniest thing about people is that they will say because they see results, because they see the result, they it, it got somebody that means it is right. Yes, God will accommodate what you want to do, but it's not right in the Bible. Does that make sense? It's not. All right, we, we need to learn to separate those, those school of thought and those theology. That he work for you, he work for you, he work for you. Ah. And the living bread which came down from heaven, if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I will give is my flesh. And I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews strove among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? <laughs> Look at the verse 3. Jesus has a verily, verily, I say unto thee, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. Now, can this be physical? Can this have mean that when you eat bread now and you drink what well, you will now have the life? Can that have mean that? Are you getting what I'm saying? But you know when we say things like this now, so people will say we are criticizing it. We are not criticizing it. Too. If they say this is what will give me Tesla, I will drink it too. <laughs> ah, I will even mind that I taught you. They say drink the bread, drink the, drink this cup and drink, eat the bread. Uh, in the next five minutes, you get a Tesla. <laughs> well, I will lie. Sure. Is there more? <laughs> <laughs> Look at what this is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink this blood, ye have no life in you. Verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, have what? Eternal life. And I will raise him up what? At the last day. Look at what he now says in verse 55. For my flesh is meat indeed. So now, we will now have to study what he's saying. And my blood is drink indeed. He now says, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living father has sent me, I live by the father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. He now says, this is the bread which come down from heaven. Not as your father did eat manners in the wilderness and are dead. He says, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. You know what he did now? He separated, you know, those guys who ate manna for 40 years still died. Are you getting what I'm saying? He brought the old Exodus story to explain this. That your fathers ate this thing and died. They ate a physical bread and died. But what I'm trying to give you is not bread and grape juice. That's what Jesus is saying. Because if that is what you want to eat, you will die also. But remember, he already told them, he said, if you eat of this, I will raise you up on the last day. Because why? It is internal life. So can we say now, the bread and the wine now that he's talking about and the blood is figurative. Go and listen to this gospel. I explain all of these things that you should, you should, you should listen there. 
So now, so we can entertain spirits with life. So we can safely say we have the everlasting indwelling of the spirit. Say, I have an everlasting, have an everlasting indwelling, indwelling of the spirit. You're not saying like you mean it. I have an everlasting indwelling of the spirit. So the spirit is the gift in resurrection. So now, what did God promise us? Or what did Jesus promise us upon the resurrection? Remember, he told us, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send somebody to you. So what he gave us upon the resurrection is the spirit. He didn't give us house. He didn't give us a car. In fact, he didn't promise you a job. He didn't promise you that you, you will have money. That is why a lot of Christians are angry with God. God did not promise that you will have all of those things. The only thing he promised us was his spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the only thing he promised us. So that a man will believe in him and he will have an everlasting life. An everlasting indwelling of the spirit. So, the spirit is the giving, gift in the resurrection. So, when Jesus rose from the dead, what did he give his disciples? We can safely say, he gave them words. Words. He spoke to them. He taught them. He gave them commandment. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. He gave them words. And he gave the spirit. Look at John 14 verse 1. Another explanation again. And I've still not got into my sermon. Ah, wow. John 14 verse 1. He says, let not your heart. Are you there? Are you there? He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He now says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare, I go to prepare a place for you. And I will call and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. That whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Now, what what is this saying? Jesus is not a construction worker going to go and be doing construction. Oh yeah, put the cement there. Oh yeah, the more you give, the more your your the more tight and offering you give, the more your mansion will increase in heaven. No, that's Jesus is not Jesus is not doing construction company in heaven. No. That's not what he did. That's not what he's doing. He says, in my father's house. That word house there simply means household. Okia in the Greek. I remember when I was taking a Greek class, they, interestingly, it was just something, me, because I was taking the class, I was just trying to figure, eh, interestingly, it was just a normal thing. So when you say house in the Greek, they simply mean your family now, how many siblings you have, your parents, everything, your household. So we can simply say, in my father's household in my father's family there are many mansions there cannot be a mansion in a house you should like say inside this building now there's another building inside this place are you saying that it doesn't make sense are you saying that the english does not make sense in my father's house, there are many mansions so inside this house now there will not be another mansion springing forth <laughs> into the rivers of living water <laughs> no it says in my father's house there are many mansions so we can simply say in my father's household there are many mansions now what is the mansions mansion is the greek word money it simply means there are many places there are many places remember now see 
Look at conversations. Now, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to hurry up now. I, I hope you get this. Now, look at conversations. Remember, in this same John, he told us, the zeal of my father's house has eaten me up. He now said that my house shall no longer be called the den of thieves, but the house of prayer. Can we say a physical building of prayer? Can we say a physical building of prayer? But can we say a family of prayer? And household of prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, are you seeing conversations? Are you seeing conversations now? When you read the Bible. So, you have to have first understood what he has said in all those previous that What is it? My father shall not be called the den of thieves. Who are the people that steal? Is he a building that steals? Is human beings that steal? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, when he says, my father's house will not be called the house of thieves, but the house of prayer. Who prays? A man that prays. So now, there's conversations. So he called, so can we safely call the temple that Moses was trying to build, the father's house? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because Moses was not trying to build a physical temple. He told us. In Hebrews, the Bible made us to understand. The temples were, were made of ends, and that's not where God would dwell in. God would dwell in the believer. So you and I are the Father's temple. That's why the Bible made us to understand. First Corinthians says, it says, your body is the temple of God. Does that make sense? So the temple that Moses was trying to build, Solomon was trying to build, it was simply a figurative expression that God wants to dwell in man, not inside a building. God does not live in this house. He lives in human being. So now, you and I are the temple of God. So we can safely say now, in my father's house, household, or we care in the Greek, household, in my father's household, there are many monel. Can we say there are many temples? We say temple means dwelling places. That is, like, say, one person here, one person here, one person here. So we can simply say, in my father's house, there are many temples, many dwelling places, many persons, many people. Are you getting me? Monet means, let me explain what Monet means. Monet means a room. Monet, that is the Greek word for mansion now. It means a room where travelers dwell when they are traveling. See, like you are traveling now. And you stay in the motel. You know, this they always call these things in motel inns. Maybe when you are traveling and and you 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 are it's a long journey and you say you want to rest somewhere. That's monel, dwelling place. That's the that's the historical meaning of monel. So when they say mansion now in the Greek, that's what it means. So we can safely say, so that means the traveler will stay there, then continue his walk. Because he will stay there and continue his journey. So now we can safely say, in my father's house. Or in my father's temple, there are many. Can we say in my father's temple there are many offices? Will it work? Will it work? Because we already explained Monet, right? We can say there are many rooms, right? Because the father will dwell there, and who are the people that will dwell in the room? Men, right? All right, cool. So we can simply say in my father's temple there are many offices. So now the spirit is God's gift to us, and God's union with us. So now, when we say, I try, I think I'm just getting to my topic now. So when we say, in my father's house, there are many rooms, many offices. So now, in God's temple today, 
there are many offices and God is working with the person. Remember what I explained at Monet, Monet at his mansion, where the traveler stays then continue his journey. That's the meaning. The traveler will stay there, then later continue his work, his journey. So now, when we say the Spirit, we can safely say, God is working with you. He is not done. So God giving give you as a gift, he is, a, he is the gift. You know, I can give you the iPhone 14 now as a gift. I don't have it, but I can give you. I, I can't give you. But for the purpose of this explanation, I can give you. <laughs> now, I can give you the iPhone 14 now as a gift. Now, imagine it with the iPhone 14. As you are using, as you are opening, I'm standing with you and I'm checking you. You're wondering, ah, <laughs> you are giving me now, let me go. The next day, I still come and check the iPhone 14. I pick the iPhone 14 myself <laughs> and I'm using it. <laughs> you know? You wonder which kind of gift, which kind of gift is this one? Now, but what God did with us was that He Himself is now the gift. He didn't give us the gift and now come and be what? He Himself is the gift. Hallelujah. He is the gift. So the Spirit of God is working with us. Say, the Spirit of God is working with me. So now, we can safely say, why did God give us? So now, let's, ask, let's answer a question. Why did God give us his spirit upon the resurrection? He gave us his spirit to fulfill his will through you. I'll say it again. Why did God give us so now? You, because you'll be wondering. He says upon the resurrection, you will probably ask the living water, upon my belly, this and that and that. So why, what's the essence of that spirit he gave us? Remember I told you the only thing he gave us is his spirit. And he himself is the gift. So we can simply say he himself is the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, why did he give us himself? Why did he give us his spirit? He gave us his spirit to walk with us on earth. He gave us his spirit to carry out his own will on earth. So the moment you are born again, remember what we said born again means? Born of the spirit. You become God's responsibility. Say, I'm God's responsibility. I'm God's responsibility. You're not saying like you mean it. I am God's responsibility. So the gifts of the Spirit gives you a purpose. Hallelujah. And I'm just getting to what I've wanted to say since. Ah, what a long journey. The gifts of the Spirit gives you a purpose. It gives you a purpose to live for. I have a purpose to live for. I have a purpose to live for. So the gifts of the Spirit defines my purpose. What are the gifts of the Spirit? The nine gifts of the Spirit. Thongs, interpretation of thongs, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the signing of Spirit, the gifts of faith, the gifts of healing, the gifts of working on miracles, gives me a purpose to live for. It defines my purpose. So God gave me that Spirit so that I can carry out His will on it. So that shows when I'm praying in tongues, when I'm healing the sick, when I'm casting out devils, I am carrying out God's will on it. Hallelujah. Because remember, we are not born of this earth anymore. So that means we cannot operate naturally. Natural way of thinking, we don't have power. 
except you go to the gym and build muscles. Right? But supernaturally, we have an ability. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I have an ability. We have an ability. So, before you got born again, you had ambitions. Everybody had ambitions. From the time you were in elementary school, you had the ambition to take first to, to, to do something. Everybody had an ambition. But you know what happens? When the Spirit of God comes upon us, it gives you a new purpose to live for. It now defines your ambition. Is it that you will not make money? I still want to make money. I'm still doing a lot of businesses and I hope to do more. I want to make thousands of dollars more. Hallelujah. I want to. Because God's Spirit gives me a purpose to live for. So now, as you are on earth, you are carrying God's plan on earth. Why are you on earth? Why were you giving birth to? Why were you born? You were born to fulfill God's plan on earth. I was preaching yesterday and I was telling them in one of our church. And I told them, I said, the reason why we were born on this earth is to carry out God's will on it. Is to carry out God's purpose. Is to carry out God's plan. And I told them in the church yesterday, I said, we have natural ambitions. Everybody wants to become something. I want to become something. I mean, let's look at Microsoft, Big Gates, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, they had their natural ambition. Tesla, Elio Mox, right? Um, all of these guys, they had natural ambition and it is working for us on it, right? I mean, the head is moving fast. Before we know it now, another thing will come up in the next five years. Now, that's a natural ambition that God has given everybody to do something on it. But because you are now, you are not just born of this earth, you are born of the spirit and immaterial world. You also have a supernatural ambition. That's what I, that, this is exactly how I said it to them yesterday in that church. And I said, you also have a supernatural ambition. That means we are born to carry out God's purpose on it. So why are you born of the Spirit? To carry out His will on it. To carry out God's plan on it. To carry out God's purpose on it. That's why we were born. So, Jesus called the Father's house His temple. The temple represents God's head office. So by being born again, we have been given an office. Hallelujah. We have been given an office. So salvation gives you a purpose. It's bigger than you. When a man is born again, salvation gives him a purpose. It gives him a sense of reasoning. That is why I said ignorance is bad. Because if you are not well taught, what salvation means? You just be born again. You will not know. You just be like, okay, what next? I will just be reading my Bible. I will just be praying. I will just be praying. I will just be listening to message. Is that all? No. You were born with a purpose. Say, I was born with a purpose. You're not saying like you mean it. You are born with a purpose. You are born with a purpose. So the Spirit is given to you. So we said the Spirit is given to us, right? So the Spirit is given to you for something bigger than your desires. You can't use the Spirit of God to pass exam. Don't read. You will fail. <laughs> it's not the Spirit of God that helps people pass exam. If that's the case, atheists will not be passing their exams. Atheists won't be passing their exams. Muslims won't be passing their exams. 
So that's not what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God is not given to us to know how to make cars. No. The Spirit of God is not given to us to know how to read and write. No. That's why a lot of people miss it. I say, that's why you find a lot of Christians praying instead of them to be in the school reading. Instead to go to, to work and read and make money. Say, Lord, we trust you. Go and walk. The Spirit of God is given to us for a definite purpose. It is bigger than our desires. It's bigger than our ambitions. Are you getting what I'm saying? If, I, if I'm making sense, let me see your hands. Alright, cool. So, the Spirit of God is given to us for that. So now, this supernatural life starts with God is now the one walking through me. Hallelujah. Now, the supernatural life starts the very minute you got born again. Because the Spirit has been given to you, right? Yes, and we said the Spirit is given to us for a purpose, right? Yes, now, God is now walking through you. The supernatural life is given to us. So, He gave us His Spirit. What has happened to you upon the resurrection, upon salvation, you now have a supernatural life. That is a life beyond the ordinary. A life beyond this physical world. You now have that. So, I have the Spirit of God to function. A function that is supernatural. A purpose that is supernatural. A, I have a vision that is supernatural. Let me break it down for you. Remember I said, I have a spirit to function. Or a spirit that helps me to function. And I can function effectively in the supernatural. A purpose that is supernatural. I have a vision. And that vision is supernatural. Remember I told you, it is not your physical vision now, right? No, so now, can you aim to want to make billions of dollars? Can you aim for that? Definitely. It's not wrong. That's your natural ambition. But there is a supernatural ambition. And every believer has been given that upon salvation. So now what happens? Let me break it down for you. That is now, I have abilities that are supernatural. Oh, we do God. I have abilities that are supernatural. I have faculties that are supernatural. I have functions within me that are supernatural. If I can see with my optical eyes, it means I can see with the eyes of my spirit. Hallelujah. Because I am supernatural. If I can hear you with my optical ears, ah, is it optical ears? I don't know. But if I can hear you naturally, it means I can hear God supernaturally. If I can talk to you naturally, it means there is a way I can also talk supernaturally. Glory to God. So we are, so this I said it to our, in, to, to our church in, in another state uh, yesterday. I said, we are born of the Spirit. So that shows we can function in both worlds. Two worlds. That is, the believer now is the best of two worlds the natural world and the supernatural world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I am identified 
What identifies me today is God's gift to me. What is unique about me is not the fact that what is unique about the believer is not the fact that he can see with his physical eyes. It's not because it's not the fact that he can see here with his physical ears. It's not the fact that he can talk naturally and everything. Is that he can operate in both realms. I can be here now and I am seeing things in the spirit. I can be here now and I'm having encounters with supernatural beings, angels. Encounters with angels. I can be here now and I'm seeing things in the spirit. Because that is my nature. I am born with it. A man is naturally born to know how to walk. He will grow to walk because that is because he is human. Right? Right? Yes, a man is naturally born to know how to do what human beings do. So, it's, so it is to a man who is born of the spirit. He is born to also know how to do what spiritual beings do. What spiritual people do. Hallelujah. I am supernatural. You're not saying it like you mean it. I am supernatural. So as I begin to round off, I will continue next Sunday on this. What is common to us is the spirit. God has given us the spirit. We are in union with God. I'm in union with God. So we are in union with God. So that is why your abilities are supernatural. All of you are using your hands to write now, right? Because it is natural for you to use your hands to write, right? Now, but a man who is born of the spirit, he can also use his hands to lay on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16. It says they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that means I can touch the sick and something is communicated and that's power. Because he is supernatural. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that shows your hand can function in both realms. You can slap somebody with the hand and you can lay hands. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? You can eat with your hands and you can also minister to the sick with your hands. Are you seeing it? Now, you can eat with your mouth, but you know you can also speak God's word with your mouth. That means you can talk to a situation and say, in the name of Jesus, it is gone. Why? You are supernatural. So that shows you are going to do what is natural to you. So is it natural to you? Is it? No, no, no. Are you getting what I, Is it natural to you? It's natural to you, right? Why? You are born of the Spirit. Remember the word born. I taught you in born again. Genoa nothing. A man who is born from above. So that shows the believer is not born from this world. Right? Right? He's not born from this world. So he is born from a world where things work. He's born from a world where he can come out and cast out devils. Is born from a world where they speak in tongues. Is born from a world where things, his faculties are receptive to the Spirit of God. Is born in a world where he is naturally led of the Spirit. He doesn't take decisions by impulses. He takes decisions by the leading of the Spirit. Is born from a world where his faculties are so 
so, 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 so intertwined with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the believer. That's the man who is born again. And you know why? You are born again. So it is natural for you to see it. So your abilities are supernatural. Say my abilities are supernatural. My abilities are supernatural. So what are these abilities? What are these abilities? Abilities to see. Higher. You know, have you, how many of you did this driver's exam, driver's license exam, and this driver's test, and they will tell you, put your eyes on the lens, and they will ask you, do you see what you see? Right? I don't know if you remember those things. They'll tell you, did you see these letters? You know, sometimes they will ask you, you can't see it. Some people that have eye problems say, you cannot see it well, Abby. They will now adjust the lenses again. Right? You will now check it. You will see it clearly. And the letters will be so big in your eyes. I don't know if you remember. I know some of you have taken driver's license for many years now. But you see that those lenses are so big in your eyes. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. Now, as you can see that clearly, it means... My eyes has been worked on by the Spirit of God. I can see visions naturally. Look at Peter. The Bible says in Acts 9, Acts 9, Acts 10, Peter was hungry and he stayed on the rooftop. And the Bible says he fell into a trance and he saw things in the Spirit. The Bible says in Revelations 1, the Bible says John was in the spirit on the lost day. That is his switch position and he was seeing things. So that shows I can see visions and revelations. I don't have to always dream to see things. You know a lot of people tell you, I'm a dreamer, I'm a dreamer. No, I don't have to. I can stand right here and I'm seeing things in the spirit. So, abilities to see. So your sight was aided. Say, my sight was aided. You're not saying like somebody I'm in it. My sight was aided. So there will be things you will see that others can't see. We can both be together now. And I am seeing something you can't see. Why? My sight has been aided by the Spirit of God. (laughs) My sight has been aided. I believe God that before I finish this series, a lot of use fogs and 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 inclarity of sight as touching seen in the spirit will be cleared. I'm not talking about your physical eyes now. I'm talking about your spiritual eyes that you will be seeing beings. Why would you be a believer and not have seen an angel before? Bible says they minister to the believer. Hebrews one verse fourteen. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the believer. A believer can naturally bump into angels. Why would you not have had those kind of experiences? Experiences are natural to the believer. So my sight has been needed. My sight has been needed. What is another abilities you have? Your voice. Your voice. Your voice. You know, as I'm talking now, Yes, I'm using a microphone, right? But it is transmitted into somewhere. But I'm not using a physical microphone. But imagine I use a physical microphone, my voice will be super amplified, right? Our voices have been amplified by the Spirit. Why? 
We can now talk to devil. Yeah. See, you don't get it. We can pocket our hands right here. And we don't have to shout. And we can see the operations of the demons walking with somebody and say, you devil, get up. And he has no option but to go. Why? Your voice... Now, do you, get what, do you know what I'm saying? You are not talking to him in the natural. You know, when, when demon is oppressing someone, he is not oppressing the person physically. He's in the spirit. You can't see the demon physically, right? But you know the person is oppressed. So that's to let you know that the fight is not physical. You know, when you see a madman today, all you see is a madman. Right? Guys, right? But you don't see what is behind the madness. Now, some people can say, oh, it is, he smoked too much. He did the, he did the operations of demons that made him get to that, that level. Are you getting what I'm saying? He just needs to be set free. Now, what happened? Our voices has been amplified by the Spirit of God. So we can speak to that devil, walking with that person and say, you devil, I command you to get out now. You know why? You know why you can talk that gently? Your voice has been amplified by the Spirit. You are not talking to the physical. You are addressing him in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Say, I am supernatural. I am supernatural. So, we say we can see in the spirit, right? We can hear, we can speak, right? My voice has been amplified. So, God's spirit is my advantage. Say, God's spirit is my advantage. God's spirit is my advantage. God has worked on my voice. Say, God has worked on my voice. You're not sounding like you mean it. You're not sounding like you mean it. You are not sounding like you mean it. God has worked on my voice. I was teaching yesterday and I told them, I said, I don't have to lay hands on you to pray in tongues. You can speak now. And that was it. I said, we are supernatural. God's spirit has worked on your voice. God's spirit has worked on your voice. God's spirit has worked on your sight. Your mobility. See, you can touch somebody on the leg like this and the person will feel a surge of God's power. Why? God's spirit has worked on your, on your physical faculties. So there's an outsurge of power working with the believer. Ephesians 3. It said the exceedingly greatness of his power which is at work in the believer. Glory to God. So the believer is the powerhouse of God. Why? He has the spirit. He is, it's, not, it's not just that he has the spirit. He is, now, he is born of the spirit. So God's spirit has worked on the way you sense things. A lot of you think it's not suspicion. It's not suspicion. It's not that you are suspecting. No, don't call it suspicion. It's the spirit of God intimating something in your heart. God's spirit has worked on the way you, you want to take it that a step. You just ah, you just feel un, uneasy. Ah, you just feel like let me let me slow down. You just you just feel like ah no no. Why? God's spirit has worked on your sensitivity. These are the things we are going to explore in this series. Hallelujah, we're just getting started. Glory to God. God's spirit has worked on me. So God's spirit has worked on the way I pick things in the spirit. I was doing a practical class for, for one of our churches on Friday. And I told them, I said, 
we can function with word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And I did it as I was teaching. I just said, "Who is this person?" I mean, I've not met the person before. It's my first time in the in in, in that in the church. And I said, "Who is this person?" And the person stood up. I said, "This is your name." And it was like, "How did you know?" I said, "I'm just teaching you <laughs> that God's spirit has worked on me." Hallelujah, God's spirit has worked on me. It has worked on the way I sense things. It has worked on the way I pick up things in the spirit. You know, God's spirit will make you have new sensibilities. Say, I have new sensibilities. I pray for every one of you under the sound of my voice. That your sensibilities are restored in the, in the supernatural. Amen. Alright, let's be seated. Praise God. God's Spirit has worked on us. You know, it's just like ear pods, right? You can have your ear pods here and you can be outside. I mean, maybe inside the room or somewhere. And you're it's still playing, right? You are still keep catching. You are still catching. And probably your phone is here. You are still catching the sounds. That is how the believer can also pick things in the Spirit. The funniest thing about it is that you, you are not even in a distance. You are there. You are in the spirit. So you can transmit it to the natural. So that means I can have a conversation with you. And I can be telling you things you have never told me. By the spirit of God. Words of wisdom. Words of knowledge. Hallelujah. And every believer... See, listen, I've been teaching this for quite some years, and I can tell you, every believer just needs to be taught and they will function. The step between you and the supernatural is just a knowledge gap. A lot of people wait for, oh, the man of God. But actually, you can do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when I say, Satan, out of here, I don't have to shout. I was doing something for them yesterday. I said, you devil, get out. I said, you know, I actually don't have to shout. I said, I can talk normally. And Satan will respond. Why? I am operating in the supernatural realm. So the believer is in a supernatural life. And, and remember he says, Everlasting what? Life. That is the way it is. So even if he is miles away, he will hear me. The way we are going to operate by the Spirit of God in the next coming days into the next year is going to be an outpouring of the supernatural. I'm telling you and I'm telling you by the Spirit of God. It's going to be an outpouring of the supernatural such that our presence will light up a dark place. I know what I'm saying because I've seen certain things by the Spirit of God. Our presence, and I was telling them yesterday, I said, we're going to light up so many dark places by the Spirit of God. And it's going to be by an ability beyond the natural. Are you hearing what I'm saying? An ability beyond the natural. Such that when you get into a building, 
and demons are operating in the life of anybody there. The Bible says light and darkness can't stand. They can't coexist. Are you getting what I'm saying? Light and darkness cannot coexist in a place. One has to give way for the other. So that shows, as I step into a place, light, darkness has to bow for light. So my presence alone is enough to light up that place. And every devil will leave. That's the realm we are going into in 2023. That's why I'm starting. That's why I started this series today. I'm preparing you for what is happening. I'm preparing us for the for how we are going to operate so strongly in the supernatural in the coming days. See that you don't have to shout. That just your sight. You just look, and the devil will run. You will speak to deaf ears, and they will pop open. All you just have to do is now hear me, and that's all. You just you just whisper to the person's ear and say, "Now you can hear me." And you ask the person, "What did I say?" And that's it. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are going to pop so many blind eyes open. Ah, by the spirit of God. You know we've been seeing a lot of wish years, right? We've been seeing a lot of wish years this year. A lot of people on wish years coming out, coming out. There's going to be an increase very soon. Wish years now in our church is, is normal. Everybody just stand up, stand up. No, we are stepping it up. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are stepping it up. Say we are stepping it up. We are stepping it up. We are stepping. We are going to see more wish years. Taking away. You know, we've been seeing a lot of cancer healed. Cancer, we are, we are seeing more. Is the supernatural. That is what the Spirit of God is saying this season. And we are going to respond. I was teaching them yesterday and Friday and I told them, I said, we are in for a mighty move of the Spirit in this time. And as a pastor, I'm going to emphasize it strongly. I am going, I told you guys before, I said, I'm going to emphasize it strongly. It seems as though we've, we've played down the supernatural and focused more on so, so many teachings. We are going to put a balance and be so strong on the miraculous. We are going to see people come back, mentally retarded people receiving their senses by the Spirit of God. Because just your hand just a thought in your hand can do something. You don't get it. It is supernatural. So that shows the touch. I know I told you something last week. I said, it seems as though we've not explored so much about the ministry of the laying on of hands. That if by the ministry of the laying on of hands, People can speak in tongues. That shows there is more that thing can do. The Bible says, And Moses laid it on Joshua, and the spirit of wisdom was upon him. I don't know if you get it. Just by hand. So that means, I can touch joy, and it can reach deep down. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That's what we're going to do. We are going to explore the abilities in our hands. He said, you will lay hands on the sick. What will happen? What will happen? 
He did not say they might recover. He did not see this one is not. Let's check the text very well. The text is accurate in that one. They will recover. We are going to explore the abilities in our hands. Our hands are not ordinary. We are going to explore the abilities in our eyes because it has been aided. We are going to explore the abilities in our ears because it has been aided. We are going to experience, explore the capacities in our sensing. That shows we can naturally walk with the leading of the Spirit. We can give directions to things by God's Spirit. We have those capacities. See, I have those capacities. I have those capacities. So, as a roundup, now, why were we given these abilities? We will explore as we explore it as time goes on. We're given these abilities to fulfill God's desire on earth. So let me tell you, it's not a selfish reason. It's not to display power. God wants us to yield the sick. Jesus walked upon the street of men, and the Bible says in Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Can we say that of us today? That God is with us. Because remember I told you, he has given us the gift and he's working through us. So he gave us the spirit. He gave us these abilities to fulfill his plan on it. To fulfill his desires on it. So if you are asked, what does God wants to do on earth? He wants to save, yes, right? He wants to set free, yes. He wants to build up, yes. He wants to snatch people out of the hands of the enemy, yes. What does God want to do on earth? He wants to save, he wants to set free, he wants to build up, he wants to snatch men out of the hands of the enemy. And the Spirit of God has given us the abilities. Sometimes ignorance, ignorance is such a deluge in such a way that is ignorance is something. I remember my pastor shares he normally share a story of many years ago when he went to South Africa, and the the church members. So he, he asked the pastor. He said, "What do you people?" He saw he saw that as he was teaching, the atmosphere was so dry. Then he now asked the pastor. He said, "What do you guys think about the things of the spirit? About thorns?" The pastor said, "Ah, they used to tarry. He said they would take." Salvation class, sanctification class, justification class, holiness class for almost seven years before they get to tongue. So be, people will be saved for more than seven years. He said he noticed that the pastors will say shalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabal
They will go and walk around the, the, the bishop in their shop and say, Mom, bro, God, don't shop. That is, Jamie, you don't want us to speak in this town since seven years ago. <laughs> he, said, he said, they were so angry that you can see that they were actually angry and expectant to actually speak this thing. But because they were not taught and the bishop only made them feel like, and that's what many churches do today. The pastors do the, walk the things of the spirit, and it just makes the members feel like, hey, let's wait for the man of God. Let's do this. So others are waiting for the man of God. No. That's not what is going to happen. He says, on the last days, it will pour out the spirits upon the sons and daughters, and they shall prophesy. It is upon the sons and daughters, not upon pastors. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he was saying, he said, they walked around the bishop. Mom, bro, God, do I even in the bishops? Mom, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> but you know what? My pastor said they did not invite, they can never invite you to that kind of church again. That is normal, but he has done his own job. <laughs> but you know what? Ignorance is actually the problem. The reason why you think now that what I'm saying does not make sense. That ah, how will I see angels? How will I see in the spirit? Is because you have not been taught. Hallelujah. And that's why we are going to explore it in this series. Glory to God. We have a supernatural life. So knowledge opens your eyes to the possibilities of what is there. Oftentimes, what hinders on flowing with the supernatural is information. Somebody will say, I don't know if God wants to use me. I don't know if God wants to use me. Shut up. God only uses sinners. He wants to use you. He wants to. It is you. The fact that you are not perfect is why he wants to use you. They say, hey, but why can't he? Hey, no. He likes you the way you are. That's why he chose you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So never have a doubt about yourself. No. He like. Look, you know, some people say, huh, this other, look at Paul, Solos at Tassos, on his way to persecute Christians. And the Holy Ghost came. And his life changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we are here for those times. In these coming days, as a local church, I mean all our churches, not just in Rochester here, all our churches across the nation, we are going to have, as it were, a strong outpouring of the Spirit. Such that even a new convert will be able to walk with the supernatural. Hallelujah. And we will see the results in days to come. Let's be on our feet and let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's just tear ourselves up. That we have, we have the faculties of the Spirit. Lift your voice and let's tear ourselves up. Let's, let's just tear ourselves up. Let's tear ourselves up. Let's tear ourselves up. Let's tear ourselves up. Let's tear ourselves up. Hallelujah. See, it seems as though, as it were, there will be like that, that switch, even in your outreaches, as you minister, there will be that switch. And the switch will move and turn and upturn so many things, such that the lives of men will, would receive a touch and a turn around. You will pick informations about people naturally. See, we are going to have, look at what I just saw. 
We are going to have people falling down by the power of God in, in Walmart. In schools. Somebody say, why do people fall down under the power of God? Idiots. Saul of Tarsus fell down. And the next thing, he wrote this, he wrote half of the New Testament. Listen, listen, hallelujah. What is going to happen in the, in the wave of God's spirit is such that you will see it. It's not just even going to be our local church. You will see it even online in the next couple of months. You will just be seeing a strong revival out there. Street revivers, street preaching, street healings. You will just be seeing it on Instagram, on Facebook, on, on social media. Street healings. It's not just our location. It's what God is doing. Even though in, in Walmart, you just touch somebody and they'll just say, ha, ah. they'll just be shaking and you just have to help them. They'll be on the floor. They'll come and ask you, what's going on? Why are you talking people? You say, I can't, it's just the Holy Ghost. As the person is even asking you, the person is on the floor. It's the power of God. The power of God is going to be so strong in mighty demonstrations. And it's going to be so strong. And so strong. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Say, I have capacities. I have seen abilities. I have supernatural abilities. I have supernatural abilities. I have seen capacities. I have capabilities of the spirit. I am born of the spirit. I was not born deaf. I was not born dumb. I was not born blind. You know why I'm saying this? A lot of believe. No, you are not blind. You are not dumb. You are not. But you see, you can be like that spiritually. But you are not like that. That is why the word of God came this morning. You are not born dumb. So I can open my mouth and always speak God's word. I am not born blind. I can always see in the spirit. I am not born deaf. I can always hear God. Thank you, Lord. Say, now look, look. Say, they say, I receive demonstrations of these abilities. I receive demonstrations. Of these abilities. Hallelujah. Praise God. Demonstrations of these abilities. You know what is happening? Just by the reason of this teaching. You are stepping a bit higher. Hallelujah. You are stepping a bit higher. Rising up much higher. Rising up much higher. By the spirit of God. Rising up much higher. By the Spirit of God. Oh, Rasikes Kelemandish. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. You are rising up much higher. Much higher. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Supernatural abilities. Supernatural life. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. So, you, you know, hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. Praise God. Let's, you know what's going to happen in the in coming days from now is that 
you will see much results in your in your meetings, your teaching meetings. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Your follow-ups, even your outreaches. Is you know what is happening now? There's a switch. If this is let's say if this is the gap before a gate has been opened, we are in that. I told you I said 2023 has begun for us by the Spirit that is wild harvest by the Spirit of God. Demonstrations, mighty demonstrations of God's power. And it's going to be so tangible in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. So, you know what's going to happen? You're going to see so much increase and flow. Amen. Yes, it's going to happen. Just lift your just lift your hands and worship God. So we'll progress. So, you know what we're going to have? We'll have streams of streams of it into one another as the meetings progress. You get what I'm saying? As this series progress, uh, we'll just have streams of flow. We just trust God by the Holy Ghost to do what He wants to do and, and minister He wants to minister. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's, it's not an ordinary meetings. Are you getting me? It's a supernatural time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. Just lift your hands and let's just worship the name of the Lord. Bless.